Hello, and welcome to Customer Experience Leaders Chat by Nice Reply, where we talk to support professionals from all over the world and discuss what's behind their team's success. This interview is brought to you by Nice Reply, an all-in-one customer satisfaction tool that helps you measure and improve the quality of your customer service. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on a future episode, please reach out to us at podcast at nicereply.com. My name is Craig Stoss, and I'm here today with Simone Secchi, Director of Support at Doodle. Simone, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Uh, Simone, we're here today to talk a little bit about knowledge management and specifically how the knowledge management strategy can permeate both within support and outside of it. Um, So I thought we would start with looking at what your view is on what the most valuable aspects of a knowledge management strategy are. Yes, so I would say... First and foremost, obviously, um, yeah, deflection. So self-service is the easiest and preferred option by millions around the world. So once we get that out of the way, I would say that if we look internally, uh, it also gives your team a chance to engage with stakeholders uh, working within maybe the customer experience uh, environment. So the UX team, if it's you know, specifically your company has a UX writer, for example. So this might be a collaboration there. Um, and customer communications as, as well. So maybe the marketing team uh, participation um, to these projects uh, with, with other stakeholders allows your team to be proactive rather than reactive. When you uh, collaborate with these teams, you're, you mentioned marketing, um, for example. What are the uh, what are the big values that, that that collaboration brings to your knowledge base? So, um, like I mentioned, when you are working on a, on a common strategy, um, you have the ability to sit at the table and uh, co- collaborate to the projects at the at the stage of like. Uh, ideation of of set projects, right? In support, we most likely see the results uh, or the the side effects of, of of these projects, but we rarely maybe participate to in, in the state of ideation of of set project. When there is a common, um, when there is a seat at the table, um, you have the ability to participate to a common strategy in customer communication, which then in turn influence. Um, the way that customers will react to that communication. And in these scenarios, the common strategy sounds very beneficial, you know, both from a branding standpoint, a tone standpoint, you know, uh, even a, potentially the, the way these things are, are published. Um, but who owns this? Who's accountable to make sure this stuff is working and measuring to make sure it's successful? Well, I would say it depends on, on um, each company, obviously, uh, but, you know, uh, stakeholders can be uh, product managers, can be, um, you know, uh, product marketing uh, managers, depending on the level of specialization that a marketing team has within a company, um, can be like um, people that manage the email marketing. Uh, that's always usually a specific role for the email communication in any company. And um, also, it can be, um, once again, uh, people that are working within the UX environment. So another aspect of, of this is change, you know, based on feedback, whether that feedback be from a survey or feedback based on, you know, looking at the analytics and trying to determine 
you know, what keywords are working or what keywords are, are failing. Um, how do you gather that feedback and get it to the right teams to make sure that change is being uh, uh, initiated? Um, there are several ways that, you know, the, um, we sort of like route this, this feedback. Um, we have automations in place that basically connect um, the feedback that, that we get directly into uh, workflow that we have with other stakeholders. In the, in the sense of like the knowledge base specifically, um, you have, depending on, on the setup that you have, like data-wise for a support team, you have access to see, um, first of all, what are your most successful articles, your most clicked articles, your most uh, appreciated or or uh, not appreciated articles, depending if you if you have that type of, uh, of survey, uh, what are the, the easiest to reach and the most difficult to reach. Um, you can see that in two ways, I would say. One way will be, um, visibility. So clearly, if something is very visible, it's clearly easy to access and something is not visible, it's clearly not as easy to, to access or maybe not, not as useful, that depending on the type of questions you're asking. You might have um, a customer effort uh, type of uh, survey on, on an article. How easy was to, for you to find this information? That's something you can ask a customer. Um, and, and something that maybe it's rarely asked on, on a knowledge base. I think it depends a lot on the strategy, but, but based on that, you, you can give valuable insight to the user experience team, for example, on, you know, people are having trouble finding these features that exist. Uh, how can we make the, the discoverability easier? Which is maybe an aspect that people don't immediately connect to customer support. I think that's really interesting. And in my experience with knowledge management programs, that's exactly the challenge is, is making sure that you're speaking the, the customer language. They're able to find the articles using the terms they would use. And, and I feel like there is a lot that goes into that, you know, especially um, in an industry like yours where, where different terms can be used, you know, uh, meeting scheduling and, 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 uh, and planning and, and initiatives and project management. And, you know, there's lots of terms that, that refer to the same types of widgets that you use all the time. Uh, do you find uh, there's the solutions to that are, are in keywording? Is it in education? How, how do you make sure that people find those, those articles? Well, no, I'm, I'm going to take a step back because you mentioned the, the language. It's a very important aspect. So once we talked before, before we talked about stakeholders. So one key advantage here is make, making sure that everybody uses the same language. You create less customer confusion. Um, and that allows you to, uh, to decrease the, the volume of, of uh, requests that will be caused by set confusion. If there is, you know, uh, if, People are working, speaking different languages between the customer communications and their, and you know their their UX and and their support articles. Then automatically there is going to be confusion. Um, we avoid this. We also, you know, um, have less issues with uh, than doing uh, the work in and sort of like covering those problems. Maybe one more piece on the language. What about internationalization? If, if you have an international customer base, how does language work to make sure that the articles are available in the preferred language of your, of your customers? 
Well, in, in our case specifically, we, we were lucky enough that, you know, we have a, a multi-language specialist. So she writes um, articles in, in two languages to begin with. Um, but you're always going to have your external resources that it can be either an external company that you use to provide those translation or profit those translation or an internal stakeholder that helps you with that because, you know, um, yes, I mean, we are mostly a European company and a lot of us speak many languages, but like, no, you're not going to have, you know, people necessarily speaking five of them that you maybe need. And depending on the company, you might need a ton more. So there's always going to be an external resource of some kind uh, that, you, that you're going to need for that piece. And that it's not strictly about the language, but mostly about um, the adaptation, the cultural adaptation of concepts. When you are thinking about a, a product, it will be really useful to be able to have stakeholders from different countries that understand what that concept mean in that language. If I say meeting, how does that translate in French, Italian, or German? Or Paul, how uh, does that translate in other languages, like as a cultural concept, more so than just like translate the word? Yeah, internationalization is is absolutely difficult for those reasons, is that the words have different connotations and, and different definitions than necessarily the literal translation of, of a single word. So, uh, yeah, absolutely a challenge. And you're lucky to have someone that can do some of that for you, right, as opposed to outsourcing that to, to a translation company who may not know your, your business. Uh, yeah. Let's let's switch gears a little bit and, and and get back into the impact to you, to a support organization. How does how does support or how does ticket management specifically uh, change when you integrate in knowledge management practices? So first of all, inbound tickets invariably decrease, and then you have a strong base in that sense to implement and train um, AI, for example, to respond to tickets, and you can also use that assist of. Uh, of the knowledge base articles to both provide uh, training to new agents that you onboard and then also allow them to use these articles to respond to basic um, product info uh, tickets or if it's, for example, an e-commerce, like basic questions about, I don't know, the deliverability of a package. Uh, I'm thinking about basic questions that might come. In addition to, to kind of AI and, and ticket deflection, do your agents need to behave in a different way? Uh, for example, how do you bridge that gap between using the content you have in your knowledge base to help customers and not sounding like you're trying to just brush someone off and deflect away to the knowledge base? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is a, it's, it's a difficult balance, obviously. Um, I think the, obviously the, the referring to the information um, is important, but it's sort of like, you know, that parable of uh, you give a man a fish, you feed him from, for one day, you give a man, you teach a man how to, uh, to fish and then you feed him for a lifetime. And so to speak, I think I'm all about empowering uh, the users um, uh, to be able to understand where to find information. Then you also need to understand where are these users coming from in an ideal world. We, we have all users coming from one channel, uh, maybe a web form or something. If we do an email support or, or we have a, a, a chat entry point and, and you know, we, we expect all people to come from, from there. 
but we know uh, working in, in, in a tech company that there are many entry points. There are marketing emails that people are maybe are replying to depending on, depending on the company. There are um, surveys given to beta customers. There's many uh, variables that are that are that you cannot predict. Uh, you know when you when you start thinking about these things. So um, you want to be able to open up the possibilities of, of self service to people who don't have access to, but at the same time not um, you know so like upset the people that already went through that channel. So you need to understand. Uh, what's the customer experience there? I, I like that response, right? And 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 I think you're right. It, it different customer types, different customer channels, uh, different different entry points all have different expectations, and that that's true probably in, in how you, you handle almost every support ticket in any industry, right? It's it's uh, you know much different dealing de-escalating situation via phone than it is by by chat or by email, for example, and and it's. Um, it's something that that translates into all, how we communicate across the board. So, very interesting application to to applying that to how you use your knowledge content. Uh, maybe we'll wrap up with uh, some advice for our listeners. If 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 someone listening to this podcast doesn't have a knowledge base or doesn't have a knowledge management strategy, uh, what would you say are the you know the the first important critical steps to making sure that you're successful in implementing this new strategy in in that business? I see two challenges. One is resources, and the other one is successful strategy on reaching your your customers or, or users. Um, I would say so. First step to approach the first challenge: uh, figure out what are what are you spending on um, on tickets. Ideally, how much every ticket costs, and do some research on how many tickets other teams. Um, are avoiding thanks to a knowledge base. I think that's uh, a suggestion uh, to approach before you approach your, your upper management or your, or your management, approach them with some data, to some groundwork. Then I would say then the real work starts once you get those resources, you get the, the right away for that project. Dig into your product information tickets, um, understand what your most basic queries are, um, that are asked by users and then start building your knowledge base strategy from there. Very good, Simone. Thank you so much for sharing with us your knowledge management program at Doodle. My pleasure. And thank you all for listening to Customer Experience Leaders Chat by Nice Reply with today's guest, Simone Sechi from Doodle. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please leave a rating or share it with others. And always make sure to check out our other support interviews and more quality content at NiceReply.com.